Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader Podcast. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in to the show today. I really appreciate all of you coming on and listening to what I have to say about politics. I'm a 15-year-old. I'm not very qualified, but I do appreciate the opportunity to speak to each and every one of you today. This is a conservative briefing production, theconservativebriefing.com, to check out all of the other conservative briefing podcasts. Larry Elder is not the next governor of California. I don't think he was to be expected to be the next governor of California. I honestly thought Newsom was going to win the recall, beat the recall effort, I should say, because he didn't really win anything. But so he was going to beat the recall effort, and that be it. He, there would be no other, no other candidate that would take over the spot. He would be governor of California, and I thought that was to be expected. And I knew that was to be expected. To be honest, I didn't expect it to be by the margins that that is. Let me go to decisiondesk.com, decisiondeskhq.com, and I want to check out the results from this. So as of sixty six percent in. As of Wednesday, September 15th at 12 p.m., 63% of voters say that Gavin Newsom shall not be recalled. 63, almost 64%. What's more interesting is the votes that say who should succeed Gavin Newsom if he is recalled. Larry Elder wins that by a landslide. Larry Elder received 2,373,551 votes as of 58% in. The only closest competitor was a Democrat, Kevin Paffrath. I've talked about him on the show before. And he got just short of 500,000 votes and 9% of support. Larry Elder received 45.15% of support. And I think this shows a problem with the recall process in California. Because the Democrats had an opportunity to choose a Democratic candidate that they thought should take over Newsom's seat if Newsom was recalled. Because there was a big chance to begin with that Newsom would be recalled. So the Democrats could say, vote no on recall on question two, vote for Kevin Pathrath. Vote no on recall on question two, vote for Brandon Ross. I don't even know who that is, but he's the second highest Democrat right underneath Kevin Faulkner. But right underneath Kevin Faulkner's a Republican, right underneath Kevin Pathrath when it comes to Democrats. But they didn't. They chose to uh, just say vote no one recall and vote uh, nothing. Leave the second question blank. Which is a really bad idea if you're not confident that you're going to beat the recall effort. Because if they were to not beat the recall effort, if Gavin Newsom was to be recalled, that guarantees a Republican a Republican would win. That guarantees that a governor would be a Republican. And that's a stupid idea. On the Democrat side, choosing to not nominate anyone because they're so confident in their uh, in their uh, Gavin Newsom that he's not going to get recalled. But it's stupid for the state of California. Being so dedicated to one person and one candidate to not even tell people that they should vote something on the second question, telling them to not vote on the second question, which was who should succeed Gavin Newsom, is stupid. It's honestly, it's tone deaf. If you're so worried about the people of California and you're not worried about Gavin Newsom's political career, you should have said vote for a Democrat on question two, vote for Kevin Paffrath or vote for Brandon Ross 
or vote for Jacqueline McGowan or vote for Daniel Watts or Patrick Kilpatrick or someone on the second question. But they didn't. They said, it's okay, just leave the second question blank, he's not going to be recalled. That's stupid. That's a stupid idea, I personally believe. So I want to talk a little bit about these results, because these results are surprising. Caitlyn Jenner, who is once to be, or once known to be the number one contender to take down Gavin Newsom, received 56,355 votes. She received, or he received, 1.07%. Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, the number one candidate at one point to take down Gavin Newsom, didn't even receive 60,000 votes. For reference, John Drake, who is a TikTok candidate, who is running against Gavin Newsom, he was uh, what they call um, a femboy, a feminine boy, received just 10,000 votes less than Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner had tremendously amount, uh, more amount of money, had more name recognition, he is one of the most well-known people, or she, however you want to say, is one of the bo- well most well-known people in the state of California, I believe. Major Williams received a thousand votes. He was running a write-in campaign because he forgot to file. <laughs> he forgot to file before the deadline, so he was running a write-in campaign, and he actually received. He received a thousand votes, which isn't surpri- which isn't bad. I mean, for being a write-in campaign with 46 other people on the ballot. There's not really any seriously well-known names in this race. Kevin Kiley, he was endorsed by Trump lawyer uh, Jenna Ellis. He received just short of 160,000 votes, 3%, not terrible. But I think it's really surprising that Larry Elder received 45% of all support. That's, that, that's crazy to me. And I think it shows something. I think Gavin Newsom, if you would have asked me, I don't know when Larry Elder announced his campaign, but if you would have asked me, let me see if I can find that out on his Facebook page because that has timestamps very obviously. You can see timestamps a lot easier. Oh my. When you search Larry Elder, the little you may know this person or the little who this person is picture of him is very outdated. But July 12th. If you would have asked me on July 11th of Newsom... If Newsom is going to get recalled, I would have said yes. If you would have asked me on July 13th, I would have said no. Larry Elder is the candidate Gavin Newsom needed to beat this recall effort. Gavin Newsom needed someone to be his attack dog. Needed to be someone that he could attack. You can't attack Kevin Paffrath, a YouTuber who really hasn't been in politics that long. You can't attack Kevin Faulkner, who is a successful politician already in the state of California. You can't attack him very well. John Cox, all of his ammunition was gone from last election. Kevin Kiley, he's another successful politician in the state. But Larry Elder, 
has never ran for political office, has 28 years worth of rhetoric on record, and is the perfect person to be attacked by politicians. I believe, had Larry Elder not stepped in the race, and I'm not blaming him for stepping in. I understand why he did. It was a very important move for him. Had he not stepped into the race, either Kevin Paffrath, meet Kevin, or Kevin Faulkner would be the governor of California right now. Or not right now, but whenever the votes are certified and they'd be sworn in. Larry Elder gave Gavin Newsom's camp so much ammunition. So much rhetoric. So much history. That all they had to do was use it. I'm sure Joe Biden knows who Larry Elder is, if he can think. I know Kamala Harris knows who Larry Elder is. Elizabeth Warren, all of these people who came out to California on Gavin Newsom's behalf. Knew who Larry Elder was. Knew who this black-white supremacist was. They knew this man, and they knew how he they could attack this man. They knew how they could attack Larry Elder. Because they have 28 years of history in order to attack Larry Elder. And they used it. If Larry Elder wasn't seen as this crazy, radical, right-wing extremist, which I don't think he is that. He's more libertarian than he is right-wing, to be honest. And no other serious candidates that weren't successful in the state ran for office, ran for this seat. Gavin Newsom would have been recalled. But Larry Elder hopped in the race. No offense to him. Nothing nothing wrong with Larry Elder. I love his show. I listen to his show whenever I can. But he hopped in the race and made it to where to where Californians were under the impression that it was either radical right-wing extremist Larry Elder, which is not him, or your current governor who is a in their impression, a great governor who has nothing wrong with him, no problems whatsoever, um, Gavin Newsom. And the voters decided they wanted to stick with Gavin Newsom. And that's why I thought Republicans, conservatives, people who care about the state of California should back a a, a Democrat candidate, but a candidate that was middle of the road, had good solutions, had a chance to fix the state, and because he is a Democrat, could work with the state legislature in the supermajority to actually get things done. That belief was controversial. Very controversial. What I'm saying right now, saying how Gavin or how Larry Elder caused Gavin Newsom to be uh, non not recalled, caused him to beat the recall is not very popular. It's very controversial. And I'm telling you, if, if you're still listening to this point, if you're a Larry Elder fan and you're still listening, this election was not stolen from Larry Elder. I don't see numbers. I don't see statistics. I don't see this and that 
that says that the election could have even be, been re, uh, been rigged against Larry Elder. There are a few cases of voters who have supposedly already voted when they didn't, and that was solved, and they were still able to vote. But Larry Elder dug his own grave. And I'm not saying that people who have been radio in radio for 28 years shouldn't run for office. I'm saying they shouldn't run for office in a deep blue state with no chance of winning. Because if the Democrat Party of California would have endorsed a Democrat candidate to go up against Gavin Newsom, Larry Elder would have not gotten 45% of the recall support. Let me see if there's a vote total here for this. There are 5 million votes for question 2. There are 9 million votes for question 1. 3.9 million more votes for question 1 than question 2 as of right now. As of 12.46 on Wednesday, September 15th. So if you don't think Larry Elder dug his own grave, if you don't think that he wouldn't have gotten the most amount of support if the California Democratic Party would have endorsed a Democrat, you are wrong. I'm sorry. I don't like calling my listeners wrong, but you're wrong if you really think that Gavin Newsom, or Larry Elder, I'm sorry, could have became the next governor of California, and the Democrats didn't endorse a candidate, which they didn't. But if they wouldn't, if they would have, Larry Elder wouldn't have been the choice anyway. If he was recalled, it would have been a Democrat that took over. I like Larry Elder. I'm going to say that again. I have no problems with Larry Elder. But the state of California should. The state of California should know that he is the reason that Governor Gavin Newsom wasn't recalled. And people are saying, wait a, wait a second, Josh, wait a second. You are going too fast. What about Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger is not even a modern-day Republican. Probably wasn't considered a Republican in 2004. I wasn't alive or 2003. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is very, very middle of the road. Arnold Schwarzenegger only had positive name recognition. And Arnold Schwarzenegger did not have the name Trump tied to him. And the policies of President Trump are not popular in the state of California. My name is JP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back talking about my ban on YouTube right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thanks for tuning in, like I said. So, if you've been following me on Twitter, you would know YouTube has taken down my content. But before we get into that, 
If you'd like to call into the show and tell me what you think, we now have call-ins available. Go to anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader. That is anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader. And click on the message button. Send in a minute-long message. Make sure you tell me your first name only and where you're calling from. And I will try to uh, take your call and put it on the air. State only, please. Name and state would be greatly appreciated. And tell me what you want to say. Tell me what you want to hear on the air. And I will talk about it and answer your questions. Now. Hi, GOP Josh. Our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our medical misinformation policy. We remove the following content from YouTube. Tyranny and and Remembrance. We know that this might be disappointing, but it's important for us that YouTube is a safe place for all. If content breaks our rules, we'll remove it. If you think we made a mistake, you can appeal, and we will take another look. Keep reading for more details. YouTube doesn't allow claims about COVID-19 vaccines that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or the World Health Organization. This is my first strike on YouTube, so it hasn't actually had a full effect on my channel besides taking my content down. But it's extremely disappointing. The episode they took down was my 9-11, remember, my 9/11 remembrance episode. The episode they took down was my episode talking about Joe Biden's tyrannical vaccine mandates, which that's what they were. They were tyrannical. And you can still get that episode everywhere but YouTube, gopjosh.com slash show. But the fact that the WHO, the WHO, as well as whoever local health authorities are, because they don't actually clarify that, can decide what content is on YouTube is scary. <laughs> so I, 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 I appealed this decision because I didn't support this. I'm like, no, this wasn't taken down. Um, th- this wasn't medical misinformation, so it's fine. They'll upload it. If they actually listen to the clip, they'll upload it. Hi, GOP Josh. We have reviewed your appeal for the following content. We've reviewed your content carefully and have confirmed that it violates our medical misinformation policy. So I'm no longer on YouTube. I could be. But I have chosen not to still be on YouTube. I have chosen not to feed the beast. Wait, not not to feed the beast that killed me. It's not what the term is. I don't I don't know. I have chosen not to fall into the trap of making YouTube money while they take my content down. So, I am now on Rumble. That's where you can get the podcast. Uh, The archive that is on my YouTube channel will be staying up. I'm not going to be taking that down. But if you do follow me on YouTube, I will be posting a short video over there to talk about um, where you can find me now. Because I am no longer going to be posting there. So, I don't know a lot about this, but I do want to talk about it with Mark Milley. It's an opinion article from Washington Examiner. Former President Donald Trump's actions after losing the 2020 election defied any sense of presidential decorum or decency. 
um, I don't know who this is that's writing this, but I have to disagree. The cost of the GOP control of the Senate and encouraged a violent mob to storm the Capitol and stop the steal. His denial of a legitimate election loss was egregious, I think so I pronounced that, and enough that Trump loyalists of half a decade, such as Vice President Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo, had genuine concerns in the final week of his administration, with the Vice President acting as the final board to protect the President Joe Biden's victory. But none of the Trump's actions justified the top military advisor, Mark Milley, allegedly promising that the people liberate Army General that he would warn him if Trump decided to launch an attack. According to the new Trump expose by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff had an established line of communication with a Chinese counterpart, uh, Li Zucheng of the PLA. The Washington Post described a call made by Milley before the election thus. General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay, Milley told him. We are not going to attack or uh, conduct any kinetic operations against you. In the book's account, Millie went so far as to pledge he would alert his counterpart in the event of the U.S. attack, stressing to the report that they'd established through a back channel. Generally, you and I have known each other now for five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. That sounds like treason to me. That sounds like working against the interest of the American people for me. Because now we have a China. We have a China that thinks it's going that we that thinks we are going to attack them. What if they would have gotten that call and said, you know what, we're taking the first action. We're not going to let President Trump attack us before they uh, before we attack them. And they start nuking us or they start missiling us. They start drone striking us. Can you imagine? Could you imagine that between the time of a president who thinks the election was stolen and a new president taking office, we were attacked by China because a joint chief of staff decided it would be a good idea to tell China that we might attack them. And that if they do, we'll let them know. My friend Noah Ring, he made a great analogy saying pretty much like you're, you're letting someone rob a store and you're watching out for the cops. And he said, I'll call you five minutes before the cops get there so you can have a head start. (laughs) This is treason. This is working against the interests of the American people. Because if China decided that they were going to take matters into their own hands, per se, and nuke the United States or bomb the United States, or send a missile strike or a drone strike on the United States, the blood would be on General Milley's hands. So this article continued saying his he told his top service chiefs to watch everything all the time. He called the director of the National Security Agency, Paul Nakascone, and told him, needles up, wa- keep watching, scan. And he told then-CIA director Gina Haspel, aggressively watch everything 360. The author's right. Milley was overseeing the mobilization of America's national security state without the knowledge of the American people or the rest of the world. Woodward and Costa also write that some might contend that Milley had overstepped his authority and taken extraordinary power for himself, but he believed his actions were a good-faith precaution to ensure there were no historic rupture in the international order, no accidental war with China or others, and no use of nuclear weapons. At best, the combined reports paint a picture of an unelected bureaucrat every bit as authoritarian as the president he claimed to fear. 
At worst, Millie seems to have toyed with treason, promising to protect a hostile foreign adversary in the case that a legitimately elected commander-in-chief, however wrongfully intentioned, exercised his military authority. Millie must go. There was already apparent from the Biden administration disastrous af- uh, eva- evacuation of Afghanistan, which culminated in the restoration of the Taliban and left behind an unknown number of American citizens, legal permanent residents, and allies. It was one thing for Milley to secure authority away from the president behind the scenes, but within the administration. It's another thing to entirely, uh, another thing entirely to pledge a sort of fatality to the worst, wor- the world's worst human rights abuser out of apparent political animus. Biden had reasons enough to oust Milley after the Milley after the fall of Kabul. Now all of Washington D.C. has a political excuse to do so. Wow. The U.S. attack on the Capitol of January 6th is not enough to justify letting China know that the Americans might attack and saying, oh, yeah, we'll let you know if they do so. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a head up. We'll give you a heads up. The president of the United States was rightfully elected to sit in the position he is sitting in. You know who wasn't rightfully elected to sit in the position they're sitting in? General Mark Milley. I don't know Millie's political affiliation. But if you think you have the authority as a bureaucrat, as a paid member of the administration and the White House for two administrations now, maybe he was with Obama, I'm not really sure. But if you think you have that authority... You are committing treason against the United States. You are working against the interest. Oh, I'm sorry, I cannot speak. Words are hard. The interest, entrance. I cannot say that word today. The interests of the American people. You are working against the people you are paid to work for. That is treason. That is American enemy behavior. And he should not serve a position in the United States, or not United States government. He should be fired immediately, and I don't think that's controversial. At least I hope that's not controversial. Thank you for tuning in to the Conservative Crusader today. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. Like I said, GOPJosh.com slash show. Stay tuned.